0: Judges chapter 16, if you're there, give, a, uh, give me an amen. amen. All right. It says, Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went in to see her. When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning when it's daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low until midnight. Then he arose at midnight and took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and two gateposts. He pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies. And by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Let's pray one for another after the reading of God's word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this house. We thank you, Lord, for the worship that's already gone before you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for our leadership. We thank you for our young people. Lord, I thank you for every age person in here. And God, I know that you're doing wonderful things. We celebrate your goodness. But God, I pray right now that you would remove all distractions. God, that you would remove all deterrencies and and tendencies and things, God, that we are burdened down with in our day-to-day life. God, that you would give us just a few moments of reprieve and release from all of that to hear from heaven. Holy Spirit, have your way. Anoint our ears to hear what it is you're trying to speak to your people today. May our hearts leave here quickened and changed and empowered by the result of your presence being in our lives. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Here we have a very familiar passage of uh, Scripture and the story of Samson and Delilah. And uh, Samson, as we know, was an extremely uh, strong man. And the power of the Lord ministered through him in great strengths and feats of strength, doing miraculous things. For example, going to the city gates and literally pulling them out of the ground and then lifting them entirely up on his shoulders and doing great feats and, and even uh, for the uh, army of God and for the people of God. God used Samson mightily. And the story of Samson and Delilah reminds us of just how important it is to guard our hearts. And follow God's way. The summary from scripture starts with Samson's birth. And he's being announced by an angel in the preceding chapter. During a dark time for the Israelites. Israel was under great rule and deep dark oppression there by the Philistines. Samson was born a Nazarite and was set apart with supernatural strength from God. To do his work for the nation of Israel. However, Samson became great in his own eyes and began to pursue women outside of God's plan for his life, looking for love in all the wrong places. I got some 80s people here. All right, very good. During his wedding sermon to to a Philistine woman, Samson was so humiliated by her and the wedding guests that he sought revenge by killing a 1,000 Philistine Men in one feet, Samson fell fell in love, or should I say fell in lust with a beautiful, Philistine woman named Delilah. How many know that we have to tell our sons never fall in love with the wrong woman? And we have to tell our young daughters never fall in love with the wrong man, right? And if he is not marriage potential, he is not dating potential. That's where we've gone wrong. Well, we're just dating or we're just hanging out. Yeah, that's the problem. Light has no fellowship with darkness, and darkness has no fellowship with that. Well, somebody needs to love him, but it don't have to be my baby girl. It can be somebody. Amen. All right. I don't have time to delve into that. The rulers of the Philistines came to Delilah and offered her money in exchange for what she could potentially find out that was Samson's stronghold. What made him great? What made him... Powerful. Note in Scripture, this is not the first time a woman easily got to the authority of the man. In fact, it's been going on. God gave women power over men, and men, we just do some dumb stuff just to, just to love a woman sometimes, don't we? I mean, we will go broke as a joke just to get access to that, that one we really love. Delilah went home and made a great meal for Samson and asked him, What made him so strong? Samson responded that if he was tied up with seven new bowstrings that had never been dried, then oh, surely he would lose his strings. Well, as we know the story, and please just due to time sake, let me just kind of skip through the, skip through that. We know that he lied to her twice, and on the third time, she comes to him, and now Samson's head is in the lap of Delilah. Now, this is a Christian man. This is a deacon in the church, if you will. This is a man that's been sworn to the Nazarite vow his entire life. And yet even he has his head in the lap of Delilah. Oh, and I don't know if Delilah was really pretty or if she was really ugly. But the point is, she was pretty to Samson. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Your sin that pulls you away and longs from the enemy's camp to entice you may be the ugliest thing in the world to me. That I'm not tempted by that. I'm not drawn. I'm not drawn away. I'm not enticed. I'm not even interested. However, each of us have a Delilah. Each of us have a sin. Each of us have a trap set before us. Each of us will have a weakness. That as James says, that sin, that we're drawn away from our own lust and enticed. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The enemy is after your soul and my soul. And just because you came from a Christian family does not eliminate your own spiritual battle and struggle. In fact, the opposite is true. If you've already been given to God as when I was young, my parents did what they called dedicating my child to the Lord. Anybody ever heard of that? Well, we still do that in most church soakers. Do you realize that Manoah's wife, Samson's daddy and Samson's mom, she was having trouble having a child. And she said, God, if you will give me a man child, if you will give me a son, I will give him to your service. And so much so that I will even take on the Nazarite vow. Folks, this is huge. Now, while there's many people in Scripture listed of taking the Nazarite vow like Paul and many, many others, Old and New Testament uh, characters that we know about. She is the only one, this woman is the only woman listed in Scripture, although it was eligible for everybody. But she said, God, if you will give me a son, the first thing I'll do is I'll take the Nazarite vow. What does that Nazarite vow do? Well, the first thing it does is it separates her to the Lord. In fact, we we find in Scripture that then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them whether either a man or woman consecrates an offering... To take the vow of a Nazarite to separate him or herself to the Lord. That means, God, I'm here for you. And I'm all about your service. I'm here on this planet to do whatever you need me to do. That's step number one of the consecration and of the commitment, the covenant, if you will, that they're making to separate themselves to the Lord. The vow of the Nazarite was to express one's special desire to draw close to God and to separate oneself from the comforts and pleasures of this world. In modern-day language, this person just went rogue and has no social media. What in the world are they thinking? They are crazy. I mean, they have just gone primitive. Are they Amish? Amish? I mean, they have just gone loco, fruity. Why don't they want to be connected? Because their sole focus is to be connected to God. I want to submit to you this morning, I think a lot of us would do a lot better off in this life and in the life to come have a little bit remor- rewards waiting on us if we would get back to the place where we would separate ourselves back unto the Lord and His purpose and calling over our lives. Secondly, to take the vow of a Nazarite, there were several remarkable Nazarites in Scripture, Samson being one, John the Baptist another, and even Paul in Acts 18 and 18. The vow was certainly open to women, but there's no other biblical example of a woman taking the vow except for Manoah's wife during her pregnancy with Samson. He shall separate, here's the rules, they must separate themselves not only to God, but they must separate themselves from wine and similar drink. Anything that came from a vine, they couldn't drink it. Anything of vinegar in nature, anything that's going to ferment with time, they could not partake at all. Next, we find that those razors shall come upon their head. Their hair had to be allowed to grow at the entire length of the covenant. Next, we find he shall not go near a dead body. Dead bodies, even those of a close relative, were not to be approached during the time of the vow of Nazarite, separation from death, the of which is the effect of sin upon humankind, was essential during this vow. If you came around anything dead, you were undefiled and you had to go back and you had to start your covenant and your vow completely all over again and began marking time as day one. From that day. If anyone dies very suddenly beside him, if one's vow was broken, perhaps by someone dropping dead next to the Nazarite, then the Nazarite hair was to be shaved off, a sacrifice made, and again that vow had to begin all over again. But but the former days shall be lost because his separation was defiled. So there were several things that they had to do. Manoah's wife said, God, if you'll give me a son. I will take the Nazarite vow. She kept that vow until Samson was born. She did that because she wanted her son to be in covenant and in vow to God. She, in a sense, before she had a son, already dedicated it to the Lord. God, I'm going to be separated unto you. I'm not going to have any distractions. I'm going to seek you and your will for my life and for our family, for my husband and for my son. And God, I want him born in this thing. I want him to be raised up to know you and to serve you and to honor you all of the days of his life. I don't want to miss a moment. I don't want to miss a thing. God, I want him born and bathed into this so he never knows a life of sin, but that he always knows the life of loving the Lord would to God that some of us as parents we would be, get back to praying and pleading the blood over our children and say God I want them to know you I want them to honor you I want them to serve you and God if I've got to step up and live the life so that they can see me to learn how I'll do my part she said God I'll live it so that he already knows how you see children monkey see monkey when our children act crazy it's because they've seen somebody else do something crazy now, not all the time was it us, but some of the time it was us. I heard Paul Kahn at Lee University uh, um, refreshment uh, invocation and all of that. He said, now listen, if you're sending us a genius, thank you. But if you're sending us an idiot, I'm going to hand them back to you, an idiot. Because I can't fix in four years what you've created in 18 years. It's not our fault. Your kid is going to get out of this experience what they put in. I thought, well, if Dr. Paul Kahn can say it, bless God, I can say it. We need to get back to raising our children in the ways and things of God, she did this. Samson grew up in this, and his mother did this because she wanted Samson to be born this way. So many prodigals are not in the church today because we went and we got legalistic. We went crazy. We we law. We got the part of the law. We got the part of the rules and regulations. We got the don't cut your hair. We got the don't smoke, drink, or chew, or run around with girls that do. We've got all that part nailed down. But what we forgot was that there are they are a soul, and they're in a spiritual battle for their lives and they're still learning and growing and while we don't throw away if they make a D on a report card why in God's name did we kick them out of the church when they made a D in their spiritual life we gave up on them we were ashamed of them we were more afraid somebody else would find out about it I'm telling you there's somebody that already knows and that's God and he loves them so we ought to love them we got so busy Busy in everybody's business, oftentimes we weren't tending well enough to our own business, born with a God given destiny. He should have always known that the Lord would be in covenant and Jehovah would always watch after him. There is uh, her way of dedicating uh, Samson unto God, taking this vow. But just like many of you and I, we've already been gav- given back to God and His service. However, we are born in the image of God and all of God's creation. And it was and is, we are created by God for God's pleasure, and we're created to have a relationship with Him. That's why sin is so prevalent because sin separates us from a relationship with God. That's why sinning often appears to be fun but I'm telling you it's fading and it's fleeting and it only leads to death and eternal punishment but I'm telling you righteousness is the only way to live in the here and in the thereafter. There's coming a day that we'll all answer for all the things we've done. I want to be found under grace. I want Him to say well done my good and faithful servant enter in into the presence of the Lord if you're with me this morning can you give him praise right there <laughs> sin is so prevalent in our in our present day because Christ is coming back very very soon I believe we are so close to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ biblically there is nothing more that has to happen we're just waiting on the sound and the blast of the trumpet He's not coming, however, as a babe lying in a manger this time. This time he's coming of kings and kings and Lord of lords to rule and reign forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Samson has a dilemma. He's gotten a little full of himself and perhaps boastful in his own giftings. It's God's gifts, but he's the steward of it, so he's gotten a little elevated in the operation of his own gift. He wants God's power But he wants man's reward. He wants the love and the affection and approval of a woman. He wants all the likes and the shares and the comments to see how popular he is. He shouldn't have had anything to do with this woman. This is a Philistine woman. And if you're a Nazarite, why in the world would you bow to your enemy? The Philistines ruled the people of Israel, children of Israel, for many, many years. Fought with them. Remember, this, this is the camp where Goliath comes from, the Philistine. They've ruled and had in contempt the people of God forever. How in the world could a man of God want a hoochie woman? <laughs> of all the women in the world, he ought to have something to do with that he grew up in youth group with. He should never go after this huzzy. I mean, she is awful. Her daddy ain't even proud of her because her daddy would have wore her hiding out had she been around a child of God because they're Philistines. So now we got two rebels, and I mean, they are cutting up. He's got his eye on Delilah, and he won't do with him until he gets next to Delilah. Why is it sin comes knocking on our door? And we know better. And we see it coming. And it's got neon signs flashing on it. But the glow in the midst of the air and surrounding causes it to entice us Uh, why is it child of God cannot have a drink for seven or eight years uh, but just go by and see that bud light sign and neon and just think about it in a time gone by you want to know why because we're clothed with humanity and there's still a war for your soul Uh, you still have an adversary that will do any and everything he can to keep you in the grips of hell and out of the hands of God Uh, but there is a loving gracious God that is all power but the choice is up to you and the choice is up to me whom we will serve Samson has no business being around Delilah he's out of covenant I don't know if you ever went through it when you were young and your parents didn't approve of somebody you thought you liked it got really quiet nobody volunteered anything I thought I might see elbows flying, nothing. All the men just got nervous. They just went perfectly still. It's like, Pastor, we used to like you, but man, you are so not being cool right now. (laughs) Despite the many great things God has done in Samson's life, there is something in him that's drawing him to something he thinks is greater. God's moved in his life. He's lifted out gates out of the ground to cities and destroyed men by the thousands. Why is the stronghold of this woman so strong? He can defeat a thousand men but can't conquer this one woman. No, that's not a women's lib sermon right there either. (laughs) But there is power in all of us to fall to a stronghold we give place to. You can be in the way for 40, 60, 70, 80 years, and the devil can still come to that one little place and tempt you the way you've always been tempted, and you still have that choice to make. And sometimes it's still hard to say no. Because we are not, even though we're spirit filled, we are not superhuman. As long as you're clothed with humanity every day, Paul says, My flesh has to die daily it's a daily struggle he lays his head in the lap of Delilah you know what he's doing he's laying his head in the lap of sin only waiting for it to be cut off it's really hard to sin if sin is not around oh that's a mic drop right there I've got that in bold print and on my notes and I think you just missed it it's really hard to sin if sin's not around you want your teenager to act right? Make them go to church. Don't give them an option. Well, what if they end up not liking Jesus or not liking church? What if they end up liking beer and drugs and other people and the things of the filth of this vow? Put them in the presence of God. Let God do his holy work. I'd rather answer to God and say, I did everything I could than to say I did nothing and lose them to the grips of hell. It's hard to sin if no sin's around. If they're at church all the time and all they can do is read the hymn book on I'll Fly Away and He Set Me Free and Heaven's Jubilee, I believe I'll take that over the other stuff they've been listening to they got on the cell phone and putting in their ears. I want them to know there's a real heaven, there's a real hell, and they've got to choose now for now is the day of the Lord. My God, your your kid won't go to hell in a handbasket and hate church if they have to read I Fly Away. It's going to be all right. Bring them to church. Encourage your family to get in church. Folks, the time is wrapping up. The times of game playing with God. Well, I'll go to church when I I choose, when I'm ready to give it up. You better get ready right now. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. I'm I'm not guaranteed this afternoon. In 50 minutes, the Vols take on the Auburn Tigers. And bless God, somewhere I'm going to Brandon's house. He don't know it yet, but I'm going to Brandon's house. I don't have a TV yet, dear God. I'm hurting. I'm going to Brandon's house for fellowship. Staff meeting at one o'clock at Brandon's house. It's really easy to sin when sin is around. Clean house. Clean up your radio. Clean up your TV. Clean up how you talk around your kids and your family. Clean up what you say. Well, I've got one heathen brother, and that's all he knows is dirty jokes. Well, in love, tell them, listen, I love you so much and I love being around. But if that's the only thing you've got to bring, bring to me, then there's going to be something changing our relationship. I love you, but I don't love that. And that's not good for me. So when you can clean it up, you and I are going to have some great fellowship. But until then, just give me a call. Let me know you're all right. But light has no fellowship with darkness. It's easy to sin when sin abounds. You clean your environment up and it's harder to sin. Where does, where does your strength lie? Notice, Samson's getting ready to sin because he's been laying in the lap of it for a while. Now, he thought he was strong when he could lie and trick her the first time. We just missed it. He lied. He's already sinned. Just hanging around sin caused you to do it. You may not do the same thing, but you'll do something else. Oh Lord. <laughs> Where does his strength lie? He tri- thought he would trick her. For Christians, it's in our covenant with God. In the story, one evening as Samson slept, Delilah cut his hair off there uh, with the Philistines just hanging around the bushes in the corner. Here is what sin does its sole purpose is to cause you and I to break covenant with God. Verse uh, 16 When Delilah saw that he had told her all of his heart, Oh, you better be careful who you tell all of your heart to. I always had time to break that down, but I don't. She sent and called for the lords of Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all of his heart. I I know he's tricked us twice before, but now we, we really got him. So hurry up. So the lords of Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you. Oh, Samson, Samson, the Philistines are here. The Philistines, you're a Philistine. You're one of them. Oh, Samson, wake up. These boys are here and they're not here to be nice to you. You aren't either. Oh, my gracious. Then she began to torment him. They're here, Samson. And he woke up from his sleep and he said, I will go out as before, as all the other times. I'm going to shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. See, here's where we are, Brother Jason. I believe that there's a lot of people sitting on church pews this morning. And they don't even know the Lord left a long time ago. The Lord left a long time ago. Because the Lord leaves when we choose to lay in the lap and take it upon our own hands. If you want to have it your way, I don't want you to, but you can. It's called the power of free will. It's called the power of choice. Just because you want to go and you want to live like hell don't mean the Holy Ghost is going with you. His grace will follow you, but His presence isn't there. You have to call upon the name and come back to Him. He's not going always where you go. The press, He did not know that the presence of the Lord, in case you have trouble, theological and doctrinal trouble with that, read it yourself. He did not know that the Lord had left him. Imagine being so anointed. On one day, you're lifting up gates to the cities, and a couple days later, you can't even touch a rope. That's how powerless we become, that the slightest little thing can restrict us when you're around sin too long. That's why it's hard to go back to church when you hadn't been in a long time. You know what it's like, and you miss that first week? Well, I've been real tired. I don't think I'll go today. I'll be all right. I'll go next week. I hope you go next week, because if you go three, four, five, and 6, by the time you hit week number 6, it's more easier to stay at home than it is to go. Am I telling the truth? Samson didn't know the Spirit of the Lord had departed. So he's now distressed, he's now perplexed, he don't know what's going on, he doesn't know what to do. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now here they've got Samson, this big strong mighty man, come here brother Cruz. And they've got him bound with iron, iron cuffs and chains. And he's bound up. And you know what they're doing with him? He's, he's grinding meal. He's down by the grinder. You know what he is? He has replaced the donkey. Do not use the King James Version definition of that language. But they have replaced their donkey with Brother Cruz, Brother Samson. They've gouged out his eyes. He can't see. He's really no good. He's just a man. There's no supernatural gift in operation. Without a vision, the people oh, there's more about that next week. Without a vision, people perish. So he's bald. Give me my clipper. Somebody give me my clipper. <laughs> he's bald, he's plucked. He's bald, he's plucked blind, and now he's just the donkey. Around the grinding mill. Now this guy has killed tens of thousands, perhaps, of Philistines. He has been as evil and as da- more dangerous than David was with Goliath. He has caused more damage to the Philistines. And now, you know what they're doing? He's around to keep marching donkey. I mean, the ruse. <laughs> he's around the grinding wheel, and as he's going around the grinding wheel, you know what they're doing? They are creating an event, and they are selling tickets to watch him shame. They are selling tickets, and they're getting them. Back. In fact, most theologians believe there was a minimum of 3,500 people that gathered to the temple that day. They're selling tickets to his demise. I'm telling here some of you. The devil has sold tickets to watch the show of how he's destroyed your life. He's got people watching, imps watching your life, and they celebrate how you're not close to God anymore. They celebrate how unhappy you are in your marriage. They celebrate what they did to you. They celebrate how you've stumbled and fallen. Come on. Don't don't make me get my whip now. Come on. They're celebrating and selling tickets to watch how miserable you are. Oh, now, I know you're tough, man. I know you got this. I know, I know you Billy Big Bad, dog. I get it. I know you're tough, sister, sister. I know you're sister, Medea. I know it. it. I get it. But I'm telling you, the enemy has been selling tickets to watch you buy the lie and watch you hurt alone and hurt in your silence when all you've ever needed was to say, Jesus! and just speak his name, Jesus, and come back to him. Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, would you find me where I'm at? Jesus, are you still there? I know I laid my head in the lap. I know I did wrong. I know I made bad on my word. I know I failed you. But Jesus, can you hear me? Jesus, do you still know where I am? People in this room this morning, you hear me. I know in the spirit the devil has sold tickets to watch you wallow in your shame and your regret. Samson did a beautiful thing that turns everything around. You ain't no good donkey, I tell you. Come here, Dylan. I'm going to give me a good donkey. You stand still. Yeah, you look a lot more like a donkey. Come on, let's go. Come on. Can you please just keep a circle? And don't stop circling. I'll say, slow down. You're blind. You don't know where you're going. Close, close your eyes and your bone. Great. Lord, can't even find a good donkey in Carter County. Good Lord, Jesus. Whoo. Help me, Lord. All right. So he's there. And here's where you and I are. And here's why we're praying for prodigals to come home. The March for Souls. You want to know why? Because Samson had something beautiful happen. The devil took it all away. God's able to give it back. He's there at the grinding wheel. Been there for days. Oh God, I can't believe I did this to you. God, I can't believe I did this to myself. God, if I could see, I could lift my eyes up to the heavens and hope that you're coming there on a cloud for me. But God, I can't even see anymore. And God, my covenant is gone. Everything I had from you has been taken from me. And it's been... Just cut off from my life. I have no access to anything I've ever known that's good. And now all I hear are the laughs and the jeers and the cries and the shouts and the exclaims of the devil, rejoicing over the fact of where I am. All of a sudden, I would imagine maybe there is a bead of sweat coming down off of Samson's brow. He's been grinding. They've been laughing. They've been rejoicing. And the enemy's been making a whole lot of money off of the sins. Can I just break that down real quick? Uh, there's a whole lot of compartments of hell been funded by Bud Light and Coors and, uh, and drugs and all this kind of stuff. And they're laughing uh, at everybody that's funding the enemy's agenda. Oh, but praise God, there's still hope for a turnaround. Because uh, while there's beads of sweat uh, coming down on that donkey like, uh, like Samson was. Fuzz, and he was there and all of a sudden he went up. He reached up and he went to wipe a little bit of the sweat of the way and I can imagine on the back of his hand he felt a little fuzz growing on the top. He got a little bit excited. I know what it feels like to feel a little fuzz on the top. I know what it's like to get a little bit excited when you get a little fuzz on the top and you say, hey, hey, wait a minute, the hair's beginning to grow. I'm here to remind you today God, God's promises for you were put deep in your soul and they're still there. They're still growing. They're still coming out. God's still longing for you. God's not given up on you. The devil may have laughed, but God has not quit on you. My question to you this morning is why have you given up on yourself? Okay, so you don't see things like you used to see them anymore. Okay, so there's nobody else there. There's no fan club cheering you out, praising you every time you do something good. So you feel broken down and you're just there, the spectacle of the enemy at the grinding wheel. Let me remind you this morning. I want you to look and say, "Ask God for a sign that there 's still His word down deep in his heart, that there's something down deep in, there was something down deep inside of Samson, and you 've got to understand it was more than just physical hair. What it reminded him of is there's still God that redeems and restores and heals and heals the brokenness and repairs and renews everything within our lives. He knew this God. And he knew he'd walked away, but he knew if he was ever going to survive, he had to find him again. So God sent him a sign, Brother Bill, and he let his hair grow again. He let him feel a little bit of sense of promise, a little bit of hope. It's going to be all right, son. And he felt, reached out, and he felt the hair was beginning to grow all over again. Now he could never look in the mirror again and see if it was pretty or not. But I would imagine at this at this point in time of his life, he didn't care. He was just glad to know that there was something put on the inside of him that still had the potential to come out of him and his whole life he had lived under this vow. And if the one thing that symbolizes his strength began to come back and began to renew, let me tell you from heart to heart this morning, you're sitting here, your palms have been sweaty and God's already touched and moved on your heart this morning. You know that you need to get closer with God. God's letting your hair begin to grow to give you a sign of hope that he still loves you he still cares and all of the great things that's been put into your life God still wants to put on display for his glory in your life can you give the Lord praise this morning God's not giving up on you here's how the devil works I need three chairs can anybody give me three chairs all right, I tell you what, no, I don't. I'll do it this way. Come here, Cody. Come here, Cody, and let me have. Uh, let me have a couple more. Let me pick on. Let me pick on a couple more. Come here, Zach. All right, come here, Jason. You get in the middle. You want me get on each side of him. We are triune beings. We are body. We are soul and we are spirit. You got that? There's times your soul can be fine. You're happy. Everything's good. But your body's sick. You're okay. There's times that you're, you can feel good and you can be happy and your spirit's in great shape. If your spirit gets broken, your soul and body go along with it. Your soul gets wounded and your body is going to respond sadly. Sadly. When you're broken inside, you don't go around in your body going, it's a good day. It follows suit with what happens to the soul of man. Samson went wrong when he forgot to guard his soul. Here's how the enemy works. Give me give me a good enemy. Come here, Ivan. You're a formidable opponent. And here's what the enemy does. He speaks lies to your soul. He tells you you're no good. He reminds you you messed up. He reminds you you've lost years in this whole wrestle. He reminds you you've sinned. He reminds you of the private things in your mind that you wrestle with that nobody knows about. He's the accuser of the brethren, the Bible says. That's who you are. You low-down good for nothing what he does is he attacks your soul because if you're saved he can't cross the bloodline if you're a child of God and you've ever said Lord forgive me of my sins would you please come into my heart I believe that you died, buried and was rose again will you please come be the Lord of my life he can never ever undo that he can never change that in the spirit but here's what he will do he will attack your soul and send every lie he possibly can so what he does to Samson, Samson, look at this pretty little thing I've got over here. Yeah, look, look at this pretty little thing. And he begins to lie, and all of a sudden Samson says, yeah, but she's not a Nazarite. I'm a Nazarite. I've kept the Nazarite vow. I'm a child of God. I don't need that. Oh, but look how pretty she is. Look how sweet she is. And all of a sudden he, yeah, she ain't too bad, is she? Well, actually, you know, I think you're right. I really think she's pretty. Come here, Michaela. Hey, she ain't no Delilah. This is for illustration purposes only. (laughs) Okay? So the enemy presents in front of Samson. Soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. What you think about, your body will do. You don't turn a light switch on without your mind telling you, flip, use your finger, flip the light switch on. It's in there. What you think about, you will do. Body, soul, and spirit. Mind, will, emotions. How you feel about a thing is how your body responds. Case in point. Jeff Razek, I love you with my whole heart. Don't line up. That's an oxymoron, right? Jeff, I love you with my whole heart. You're a good man. That's lining up. My body will do what my soul tells it to do. Okay. So what he does is he's put this here, body, soul, and spirit. Now his soul is tormented and he's vexed. And all he can think about is this girl. All he can think about, have a seat, you did a good job. Donna. All he's thinking about is his, this girl. Enemy just has to put one thing in front of you. And you'll get infatuated and enamored about that one thing. And it will control you. Now what your soul does, respond, come over here, you've done your job. Your soul is torn. Am I going to listen to the spirit? And this is the man of God. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Look to God. Look to God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, I know, but I want to do it. Oh, it feels good. Oh, it tastes good. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, that'd be great, whatever it is. And the body's over here, body, soul, and spirit. And body's say, like, hey, listen, man, I'm with you. Whatever you do, I'm with you. Whatever you do. And so, body, you come with me. Because whatever soul does, your body's going to do. Right? So he says, spirit, get away from me. Because spirit is convicting the soul. You don't need that. That's not God's plan for your life. You know that's wrong. You know you're out of covenant. You know you're headed the wrong way. Don't mess with that. Don't believe the lie. Let I me mean, another lie. You're not good enough. Well, they treat. I must be as bad as they treat me No you're a child of the most high God You're a son of the daughter of the chosen king Of the whole entire world King of kings and lord of lords You are precious cargo You are precious material You are created in the very image of God You are not what you've gone through You're not lies of what the accuser Said that you were And what you've been through You're not so broken he can't heal You're not so wounded he can't repair You're not so far gone He will not restore and bring you back unto him but the problem is as long as your thoughts are bad and your soul is bad you'll always be bad if your soul is good and healthy and strengthened your spirit and your body will be in alignment with God's plan for your life I'm telling you your greatest struggle is this six inch battle between your ears it's how you see yourself it's not how I see you it's how you see yourself Samson lost the image of a chosen Nazarite vow-keeping man of God when he laid his head in Delilah's lap. And folks, that's where our people, our prodigal sons and daughters are struggling. They've got their lap laid or their head laid in the wrong lap and they're listening to the accuser you've done too much you've gone too far they don't even get you they don't understand you you'll never be there it's just that's just going to be your life hey you're already set in your ways your nothing's never going to change they've just been that way I don't know they started that way in a teenager and now he's 48 and he's just never really changed I guess he's always gonna, if that's your soul and that's what you've decided that's what you'll get but in the name of Jesus uh, why can't we feel the hair beginning to grow uh, of promise and destiny over our family over our loved ones that God will be faithful to bring them back to relationship with God give him praise right there Stand with me if you will. Let me ask you a question. Metaphorically speaking, when did the enemy shave your head off? What lie did you buy? What thing did you want more? What did you think was greater than his presence? That you said yes to the devil and no to God. What was that thing? What was it worth it? If you're in right relationship with the Lord, I celebrate your story and how far God has brought you. And folks, this room is packed full this morning of people that God has restored. So don't tell me God can't and won't do it. Showed up too late to tell me that lie. God loves you. God wants you. He just wants you to come home. I want you to feel your hair beginning to grow. The Spirit of God. Would everybody bow your head? The Spirit of God has messed with you today and met with you. You weren't here by accident. You might have come for any number of reasons this morning. You might have come to watch one of these teenagers and, and be in this drama this morning. You might have come just, hey, I've been thinking about it. I just can never make myself do it. Or, hey, I've been working and here's my day. No, you're under divine appointment today. This was no accident. God wants to express His love to you and remind you That there's still hope, there's something down deep inside of you that longs and needs to come out. And it's of God, it's godly, it's a godly life, it's eternal life, it's hope, it's restoration, it's promise. God wants to minister to you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person, man, woman, boy and girl, under the sound of my voice this morning. And I know God that you're going to minister to them as you already have been. But Lord, I pray in just a few moments when I open up this altar, God, I pray that it will be flooded with hearts of men and women, Lord Jesus, that will be realizing that there's greater in store. God, whether we've whether right, been in right relationship and just needing to see and hear more or whether we're coming home to you, God, I pray each one and all, God, that your spirit would flow to us today and remind us that our best is Yet to come I give you praise For what you're about to accomplish In Jesus name Here's what I want you to do this morning With, with heads bowed And and, I, and hearts reverent I want you to come forward this morning If you need to come back to the Lord And say yes pastor that's me I've been waiting on you to hush So I could get down there I not want to know the Lord In right relationship I've always known him I've always known he loved me But I've not been living the way I should And I want to come fully back to the Lord I want to come home Would you come down here And meet me here at this altar I'm not going to come down, down to you want to call your out your name will want to embarrass you I just want to pray with you If you're here this morning And and you've known the Lord But you've been hurt You've been wounded And maybe you felt You identified with The role of Samson there When his eyes have been plucked out And you feel like you couldn't see Your your way to the next day And the next move Or the next answer To the next question And that's you And you're needing God To show you a sign That he still has his hand On your life Would you come and meet me Here this morning I want to pray with you Real quick And if you're here this morning And if you're you're like me and God I just want to make sure I live for you I just want to make sure that I don't fall prey to sin and those things God I want to live a holy life I want you to come down here with me and join me to hear this morning as a signification to God say God we want more of you more than we want the things of this world and this life God we long and hunger more for you than anything would you meet me down here this morning and let's pray a corporate prayer together before we leave today would you come right now would you just step out of that aisle and would you come this morning if you need to know the Lord or you need to for the first time or if you need to come back to the Lord these altars are open if you're with me and saying God I'm with you but I want to know you more I want to feel you more God I want to experience you deeper and stronger I want to know your presence God is there all the days of my life would you meet me down here this morning we're going to dismiss in just a couple of minutes but would you just meet me down here this morning as a signification of God I recognize your voice in my life today I'll honor you, Lord, and I'll respond to your word over my life today. Thank you, Lord. Can we just worship him just a moment and thank you. Just talk to the Lord in your own personal way. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the souls here represented here today. God, That we want more of you, we want more of you, God, and less of us. We want more, more righteousness imputed unto us, God. We want more of your world and less of this world. God, we want our hearts and our minds, our focus, our attention, our dreams, desires, God, we need more of you and less of us. God, we want to be heavenly-minded. We want to be righteous-minded. We want to live for you, God, and to please you and to honor you. Lord, it's not out of judgment. It's not out of condemnation. It's out of love. God, it's out of Walking pursuit. God, that we love you more than the things more. of this world. God, it's your lap that we want to lay in. God, it's your presence we want to be in. Fall. It's you, God, that we're running towards.
1: In Jesus' name, Waiting for change to come
0: thank you for the hearts and souls of men and women boys and girls here today that are crying out to you. Lord we truly need more of you and less of us and we thank you God that you're directing our thoughts and our passions more heavenward I thank you Lord Jesus that many are feeling the hair beginning to grow metaphorically God and God we're being reminded there are still things of your spirit within us God that will flourish and grow and develop today's a new day, today's a new start, today's a new beginning we're empowered today in Jesus name and I thank you God That in the last days, God, as as the last days of Samson, Lord, he asked that you touch him one more time. And God, you empowered him one more time. And in that last battle, God, you caused him to have the defeat over the children of Israel's enemies more than any of all the other battles combined. I thank you, God, that there's one more time. I thank you, God, there's a one more time in the house today. One more time, you're strengthening us. One more time, you're touching us. One more time, we're feeling the hair beginning to grow. One more time, your grace is being extended. I thank you today for all of the one more times. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give the Lord praise here this morning? He's been here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be blessed in the name of the Lord.